FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 458 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm your host, Jason, and I'm joined once again by the lovely Excalibros, Georgie and Dan, to talk about some new comics. Hey, guys. Hey. Before we get started, Jason, I uh, just want to say, uh, it was a bummer. Couldn't be on uh, your anniversary show. I had stuff going on, but uh, I just listened to the episode, and it was it was a lot of fun. Well, and, uh, well thank and you were... for listening to all of it, because it was long. It was long, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I enjoyed it, and uh, you know, congratulations on on nine years of doing this that's uh that's amazing i appreciate that thanks yeah well you know well, y'all got to do the uh the 450 with me and now we'll kick off the the newest x-men event together with the trial of magneto so mm-hmm. plenty of plenty of excaliburs to go around plus y'all just started talking about comics on your show again so yes y'all should yeah. be nice and warmed up in, yeah. in comic mode yep <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, so that's uh, today what we'll talk about. We'll catch up on the X-Men books and kind of end up on the debut of the Trial of Magneto. And that's kind of what's on the docket. So you guys doing all right? Doing okay. Uh, good. Yeah, good. It's kind of a, <laughs> it's a little bit of how the sausage is made. A little disingenuous because we've already talked about all that. But... <laughs> <laughs> Before we started recording, but um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> none of us are in in optimal health at the moment. Right. We're, we're all tired in one one way or another. Right. <laughs> yes. Daddy. Yes, I meant. <laughs> you gonna read some books? Daddy's gonna talk about some books. You wanna read some of your books while I talk? Well, why don't you see if Mommy can read a book or Bubba, and then I'll read one when I get done, okay? Okay, thanks, buddy. I feel really cruel now, like... He was helping me clean out the garage this morning, so we've been kind of attached to the hip most of the day, so it's good. Oh, that's sweet. All right, well, um, Georgie, I know you didn't read them, but... Uh, there is a crossover with Sword and Guardians of the Galaxy, Last Annihilation, uh, which I've been really enjoying. So, Dan, did you have any – we won't really review the books or grade them, but just any general thoughts on how that crossover has gone for you? I really like it. I think um, if you haven't read it, Ewing's entire run on Guardians has been really interesting and fun. Yeah. And, like, it's got silly ideas, but, like, it feels more akin to Ultimates, his Ultimate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I just really like the crossover. I love the fact that it's placed like Wiccan and Hulk in front and center. Doctor Doom is hilarious <laughs> in it. Uh, um, I generally kind of like like the status quo, and I like the villain. Like, I generally think it's clever that they're trying to bring like a a weird mystical element into it with with what Dormammu is mm-hmm. doing. Right. Oh, is it um, Dormammu? Okay. Yeah. So basically, Dormammu, 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 whatever is um. He's, he took over or possessed Ego the Living Planet and then is using or trying to conquer the right planets with mystical origins to make like a big cosmic pentagram so hmm. he can invade our universe once gotcha. and for all. 
So, I mean, it is like when you say it out loud, you're like, okay, that's kind of silly, but mm-hmm. it's just been a lot of fun and it, it helps, right? That Ewing's a phenomenal writer and then he's had really good artists on all these books, you know, sure. on, on Sword and Guardians both. Um, and then even the cable one shot looked pretty good. It was pretty fun. Uh, the cable reloaded that where they're basically making a giant space gun. <laughs> but yeah. No, I, I agree, Dan. It's been just a lot of fun, and um, and it's kind of a. I wouldn't say it's like popcorny or blockbustery in the same way that um. Uh, oh, jeez, what what was what was one we just had with the plant people? Um, just, I say just had probably like a year ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh. <laughs> just plant people. In- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's not. I, I think there's more substance substance to it than that one, but it kind of has the same. Just, like a, just a breezy movie feel. Mm. Um, yeah, there's like interesting characters. What I found really interesting is it's a really ridiculous story, and you have Doom and Rocket Raccoon like being ridiculous, and at the same time, it's a really sweet, tender moments between like um, the original Guardians from like Abnetsman, where uh, Gamora and Nova mm-hmm. um, and um, Quillo actually having like a conversation about like the in the middle of all this like chaos, and then you've got like Hulkling and Wiccan have to separate because they can't defend both planets at once. Right. Uh, it's got this this really sweet, and I love how dark and devious the sword book is with Abigail like blocking the SOS. Right. Um, yeah. Like really connects to like the idea of sword and like her making like Araco and everything like the primary interstellar um, source of I don't know commerce and defense throughout the galaxy. Like she's mm-hmm. literally crisis as a as a way of pushing Araco forward. I was like, that is really clever. Like there's a really this is like a, it feels like a crossover. Which Al Ewing's like, actually no, it's not a crossover. It's just a story I want to do about these characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like King in Black, where everything is like forced into it, into like a circle, into a square hole. It feel, felt feels way more organic. Yeah, it pushing because the Guardians book feels like the Guardians book, and the Sword book feels like Sword book, but they're happening at the same in the same sort of things are happening. But they both feel sort of like their their specific um, the way they've been written the whole time, which I think is quite quite nice. Rather than right. you randomly just go. This is happening. Oh, by the way, everything's dead. Scarlet Witch is dead. Mm-hmm, dead mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it helps that Ewan, Ewing is writing everything so far. Right. Like, like he's writing, he's a regular writer on Guardians and Sword. He wrote The Cable Reloaded, Diane. I think he's writing the Hulkin and Hulkin and the Wicking, whatever. <laughs> the Wicked and Hulkling book. I'm not 100% on that. But, um, I mean, it's definitely like just his story, and yeah, there's other issues and tie-ins, but it's, he's not having to have anyone else interpret his outlines or anything. He's just plowing ahead, and you know, I mean, he's he's not one of the guys that's leaving, is he? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay, is is it Guardian? Is it not Guardians? Is it Sword where Abigail Brand says we will not tell the Emperor of um, that his um, husband's mother's dead? I vo- like, yes, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not exactly in that way, but yeah. Um, because they, they, someone suggests that maybe we should tell, and she's like, "No, there's an interstellar war. We, we, we shouldn't say anything." Um, <laughs> at the moment, 
Until yeah, yeah. they like Hulkling's like I couldn't reach her, and he's like, she's like, hmm, that's weird. Oh, you couldn't reach her, huh? That's that's strange. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got to get back to fighting. All right. I yeah. I like the sword book. I I read it, but um, it was a lot of hack and slash. And then you guys tell me that it's like culmination of a storyline that it's a, a big war, and I'm just not up for it. <laughs> action hacking like I had enough action books reading for for this. I was like I need a break right. from that. So yeah, uh, that's why I didn't read. But I really liked the uh, anytime you get you know Doom and Storm talking. That was right. that was great. Yeah, uh, the book looks gorgeous. It was just like I can't I can't I need I need give me a talkie issue. I want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, then you're gonna be riding in line for this trial book. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> <laughs> whole lot of words in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's been like it's it's been like um uh oh we'll have a bit of action for like three issues then we'll just talk and then we'll have because it, like it's been up and down the whole time it's like yeah. it's been sort of building to this the forging of this like sort of avengers like the concept of the avengers in space and doom joining the team and stuff then now damamu is and it's called the last annihilation but i just feel like it's just clearing the board for the rest of the story <laughs> <laughs> rather, um but i i've enjoyed i've enjoyed it a lot so yeah, we can. Cool. Highly recommended from the podcast, if not entirely germane. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but something that is incredibly germane is X Men number two. So I will jump into that. This is fight fire with fire or fearless chapter two, catching the wave, written by Jerry Dugan. Art by Pepe Larraz, colors by Marte Gracia, uh, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, designed by Mueller, and then Larraz and Gracia do the cover. And this cover has been seen a lot, but it's a pretty cool cover. Um, basically, has a, a semi-transparent X-Men logo, the new, you know, the new Tom Mueller design logo in a circle, and then our X-Men team basically putting their fist in the huddle and you as the reader are like a little bug on the ground looking up at them from the middle of the huddle. I, I think it's a great cover. What do you guys think? I do really enjoy it. I think it's, I think it's just one of those covers that I've seen too much. So right. kind of like, but I really like the, I really like Wolverine. I think she looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, I really like this cover. I haven't seen it too much, so uh, it was really lovely. Uh, spoiler: I read all these this morning. I just didn't have time, so like it's very fresh <laughs> in my mind. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I love how um, our two like bombastic energy characters in the middle have their sort of auras uh, mm-hmm. uh, coming at the uh, the insignia in the middle. I love how Polaris has a little coffee. She's got like yeah. Starbucks. That's her new <laughs> accessory, right? Like almost permanently right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is fun. This is like uh, a sports movie where they're, they're coming out of the huddle and they're like, ooh, X-Men. You know what I mean? It's, uh, <laughs> right. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, <clears throat> this synopsis will be pretty breezy. Then we just get into kind of details. But basically what happens is Rogue busts Gambit for having a card game at the treehouse. That's a no-no. Um, game World sends an annihilation wave to Earth, which lands in Kansas. While training together, Gene and Sink notice it, and the X-Men are on the way. Um, there's lots of pretty cool teamwork, and that wins the day, and the town throws the X-Men a barbecue. And then at the end, Dr. Stasis, who works for Orchid, continues to research how can dead mutants still be alive. 
Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, <laughs> I mean there's a lot, a lot of the pages there, but that's pretty much like the plot. The plot's really not that. Yes, I mean most of the dialogue is like, "Hey, you do this, and I'll team with this, and then go, <laughs> and then they fight, and then the next panel, hey, you do that, and I'll do this, go, and then there's just more action. There's not a whole lot of, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> there's not a lot going on. You know, I think I think one thing I would point out though with the action is that you know, I think we've like, like Marauders has been a shining book for us as in general on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But the only thing we ever really complained about is sometimes we feel like there's characters that don't get their due, like Digger just doesn't really Mm-hmm. care as much about him. I will say in this issue particularly, I feel like everybody had something to do, which I thought was cool. Like I think everyone kind of had a moment. Um, yeah. And so I enjoyed that. Um, what, did, what did y'all think overall? I prefer it's if you won. Um, or it just feels like it flew better. Like it was just much more of a coherent. I didn't feel like I was being 500 different plot points right. that might <laughs> or may not in issues. It was just a simple mission, and I kind of liked it. I, I feel like there's part of me that still doesn't care or want any of this sort of game world or other plot line. Like, I just, the Claremont epilogues, I'm just like, I can be done. You could just have finished it with the barbecue and had a happy sort of, <laughs> just like a weird whatever you want to do ending i don't know but it still doesn't feel like the big flagship title unfortunately mm, yeah I, 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 I think that's my big gripe is that this is supposed to be like the flagship and it just doesn't capture like the <clears throat> sort of tone of how like hawks and pox which i suppose not much would and hickman's felt like an event all the time most of the time this doesn't feel like this just feels like ironically there's a traditional sort of team book that you kind of like one of those second third tier books where it's like, oh, it's a group of people that fight monsters at the end. <laughs> so maybe that it definitely feels like the book. Um like we want we want a traditional X Men team fighting being superhero book and that's that's what they've made it into. Uh and in, in that regard, I mean there's not really a problem with it, but this is kind of the second issue in a row of uh, you know, stuff's happening, team up, Voltron fight, the end, <laughs> you know, and that can only, I mean, normal, I don't, are we normal? I don't feel like we're normal comic book readers, but maybe normal comic book readers, that's all that, that satisfies them. But for me, like, I can only do this so many times before I'm like, uh, what's the point of the book? What are the characters doing? Like, the moments that I really liked here or Sink and Gene, like, uh, yes. interacting. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, I, I really need to talk to Wolverine, but I can't, like, force her to do this. And Gene's like, well, if she ever wants to to, to find out what happened down there, I'll, you know, you, you can borrow my powers. And, like, the little moments, like, where Paris yeah. and Gene are inside the bug stuff and they're having a little bit of, you know, character moments back and forth. Like, those are the moments that, you know, shine for me. Um, otherwise, it was just, like, punch energy explosions for 25 pages and i mean it looks great it's just yes. like i don't know how long i can do this yeah no i don't completely disagree i think you know obviously the art helps because it's it's a gorgeous book as always for laraz um and then i would say i felt like maybe i agree i, I don't think i want this every issue but the combination of powers or the teamwork felt a little more 
natural in this issue than it did last issue. So I think it kind of built on the first issue and took a step in the right direction. But I agree, it can't. I don't want this to be a formulaic book. And if that's, you know, I think if we have this another couple issues in a row, it may start to feel that way. I don't know if I have the fatigue for it yet, but I could see it getting tiresome. <laughs> I think <clears throat> narratively speaking, as a kid, I like if I was getting into X Men or I was just got into X Men, this would be like the sure. but like best thing I've 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 read and slice like some slice bread, I suppose. But um, I don't some sort some. But I really enjoy Gene and Sync doing some stuff, and I enjoyed like the Polaris is getting some screen time, and like the team sort of. You know, and it was funny at the beginning. It felt very maraudery at the beginning with Rogue telling Gambit off. Um, that was yeah. great. That was yeah, that was another scene. great moment. And that feels like like it all feels. There's all elements of X Men comics, and then I feel like because I'm reading Guardians of the Galaxy, have a massive fight. Right. <laughs> like, and it's it's like it's it's these space people sending things to Earth, and it's the Annihilation wave. And I was like, okay, fair, and. I don't know. And then there's the, the little tacton ending, and I'm just like, I think I just want to see. I don't know. I I think it's all the elements are, are there. It just it's just not clicking with me as much. Whereas like, if I don't look at the words, the book the book really does like convey itself very well because it's beautiful. Like the color work is just yep fantastic. Um, I think me and Georgie on our last episode talked about the use of dark space and shadow and mm-hmm. how it can go and how well it can go. And um, <laughs> that channel with um, uh, around the table with Remy at the, the first page with him in all in shadow is just his eyes um, up. It's just so good. It was so well put together of like him oh, being, yeah. being a dark and dingy sort of Krakoan speakeasy-esque environment. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just so beautiful, and like even the um, plant dude that with the weird moss thing creature, um, that whole shebang that's around is is beautiful to see and lovely. It just it feels like it's just a lot of um, uh, window dressing, um, which is really pretty. But much like a fireworks display, the prettiness only lasts for like five minutes, and you kind of sometimes you kind of feel like, oh, was that it? And I think that's what the book for me is doing at the moment, which is yeah. really not really not fair maybe i'm being too harsh um but well, I, I know, I, just what, bit... what order did you read this in dan because i read this and then the sword issue so like for me the sword issue was like the point of no return for me in terms of too much action but did you read this after <laughs> like the annihilation stuff because if so i could see where this would be like all right this is too much and i'm getting bored with this i think um I read this because I believe I don't know how to believe. I read this after a few different issues, and I believe I read like Nightwing and Nightwing, mm. which if no one is reading Nightwing, get on Nightwing because it's oh, yeah. Yeah. fantastic book. Yeah, on on the shelves right now. So I believe unfortunately I read I read other things which may have been a better like combination of action. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I read this and I was kind of like I enjoy it a hell of a lot more than issue one because looking back at issue one i may have actually um i know i gave it a specific score i may even of having thinking reading it again i might have lowered my score on it a little bit more um 
But there's something I don't know. There's just something missing, and I've gone on for too long. So, um. well, what, what do you guys think of the Sunfire page? Because he doesn't get a lot of of moments here, but then they get sort of a, a history of him and, and why he's on the team. Did you did that land with you guys? I feel like it. Right. So much like the cover, right? The bottom three are the most recognizable characters. Um, you could argue Laura is recognizable, but the bottom three are, like the most recognizable, and the top three are the ones that like the main like not as in the mainstream eye the top mm-hmm. four um i feel like this was kind of like one of those um bendis pages oh, yeah, and you are yeah like like century you remember century was introduced and he didn't exist before and they gave him like a little like background comic issue right. or something of new pages. it felt kind of like that where it's like oh you might not know who sunfire is because he's not been in a comic for about two years 200 years but here you go mm-hmm. and i felt sort of like a visual wikipedia entry <laughs> um, right like the, the pages they usually drip in which aren't really in this that much uh the the, the little um text pages i feel like it's more like a visual one of them you felt what quite you, Jason? what did you think um it is definitely kind of a little bit of an info dump but i think trying to show his journey <laughs> I think it landed okay. I didn't necessarily <laughs> love it, but I, I feel like it, I feel like it's a little bit more than just like a here's who I am, but kind of talking about why he thinks Krakoa is different than just like fighting for Japan or the X Men. How it feels kind of like a combination of the two, maybe that mm-hmm. he's not just fighting for a country and he's not just fighting on a team, but he's fighting for like. He doesn't say the word, but it almost kind of sounds like if you know when you combine those two, you get a family, which is you know what the X Men are supposed to be. Uh, I, I feel like maybe it's a little bit of a missed opportunity. Like it maybe kind of, but I don't know. I mean, Sunfire is kind of a hard character to get a to get a good beat on because for a long time he was just an, an arrogant ass, and so <laughs> to try to give him kind of some touchstones into a more sympathetic character. You have to you have to balance that against where he's been, so he's not too foreign, but you do need to soften his edges so you can actually like him. So I I don't know, he's he's kind of a hard character anyway. But it, it didn't really seem to explain his motivations to me at all. He was like, well, I did it for this reason, then I did it for this reason, then I fought for this reason, and now I'm just like, well, fuck it, I'm I'm just gonna be of service. Like there was no, <laughs> it still didn't make any sense to why he was part of the X Men. Uh, it, it, that that was the sort of the disappointment for me on that page. It's like you you showed his history and built him up, and then I don't know. I'm just here. Uh, that was that was sort of uh, unfortunate for me. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe he's trying to figure out like is is this where I fight? Like is this you know I, I've tried this and it was kind of empty. Almost kind of like a guy that's just found most of his life to be unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. And and can I try? Does this give me satisfaction? And maybe it's more of an open-ended question than an answer. I, I don't maybe. know. I always compare Sunfire to the Age of Apocalypse. Sunfire, who was so visually striking and like had great motivation for what he was doing. It was very clear. And and this guy is just like I don't know. I'm fighting. <laughs> who knows? To, to be honest, for a very long time, Sunfire and Quicksilver was a character interchangeable for me. You're One right. just was fat, Sunfire. Like, they're literally <laughs> like sort of arrogant, stubborn sort right. of um, motivations as character beats. And I generally thought that this page was supposed to maybe soften that blow 
And I totally forgot that he was an Avenger for quite a little bit of time. In, yeah, he was on the Uncanny Avengers for a while. Right. Um, and I was just like, oh, yeah, he's an Avenger. And, you know, world famous hero? Question mark. Um, and, <laughs> you know, because I think the team's too big. This this team of X-Men, I think there's too many of them. Because at the moment, they're all so fo- the, the book's so focused on them working together that they're sort of losing... A lot of the time, I feel like some of them are losing their individual voice, um, or we haven't like established. And I know this was like this page is supposed to establish Sunfire, but maybe, perhaps, maybe lean into the fact that he is famous in his country and he is well liked in Japan for being the like only super <laughs> superhero that isn't like a evil samurai or whatever. Um, in, <laughs> like you know, maybe like lean into like him a little differently. I know they're trying to like go. He's not going to be an arrogant ass. I don't want to like play that tune again. But there are. I think there's more interesting ways to go than much like George said. It kind of like ends with him going. Well, I'm here. So I might as well. <laughs> might as well. Yeah. I'm but, just um, here for I, the barbecue, basically. Yeah. I, I feel like um, this is going to sound horrible. No, it's not. I feel like we should just ditch Cyclops. Um, and Gene should be the lead of the team because it's clearly Gene's the lead of the team anyway. And uh, Scott's kind of like, um, finally, Scott is in his deserved place as Gene's jewellery, um, who just <laughs> turns up and do things. Um, and I feel like we just need to cut the, maybe take Ro- Rogue and Cyclops out. And I think that's Hugh X-Men team that might work better on page. But that's just me being me being me. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. There is a lot of characters to balance here, and uh, you know we've seen it in other books where uh, Jason talked about Marauders. Like characters got left out because there's enough pages to, to do something with everybody. It does feel it does feel a little overstuffed with with characters. Yeah, I'm glad that um, as a Gen X uh, boy, I'm glad that Sink isn't the one that's already been thrown to the side. I'm mm. unhappy that seemingly like Laura is the one that's going to be pushed to the. I'm only here like Thor's hammer to smash stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of. Yes. Um, like, oh, we can't do this. What do we have? Our Deus Ex Laura. Come, come slash it to pieces. Um, you know what I mean? Well, she like, definitely it, serves a Wolverine role. Like, some of the bugs are under the dome if she looks over her shoulder. Not for long. Yep. <laughs> the big I, one's I, mine. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But she looks like, great I, the whole time. Yeah. She does. <laughs> Awesome. I just, I just hope she's not. I hope Duggan understands that she isn't Lo- Logan, right? Like, and we don't, we don't have to always write her like Logan, because like the whole point of her like nearly thirty issue run was establishing the fact that she's totally different, right? Um, right. But I, I do. There's a part of me that's like, I don't want it every every issue that she's like sort of the, um, the the gun that the Power Rangers all fire at the end when they all come together. Um, <laughs> Um, but at the same time, she you can't you can't fault the art team for making her look fantastic. And just uh, I get now why some of the powers are there because visually they're really like beautiful. Like Sunfire is a, a fantastic. We don't have a, a, a human torch X Men other than uh, Sunfire that have like a massive booming explosions and fire. I, I, I get it for for the visuals. Do it for the over the page count, I suppose. Um, is the way forward. I know I'm yeah. trambling. The panel of him flying looks amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, the book's gorgeous, right? We all agree it's a beautiful book, right? Yep. Right. Well, I think I I think I had a little more fun with it than y'all, which is fine. Um, I gave it five out of six. I feel like y'all are probably going to go fours, maybe threes. Um, I'm going to go four because no matter what, what I feel about like how it how it placed, um, it's still a really beautiful piece piece of work, like art wise. But it's definitely a four. Yeah, I'll go four as well. I mean, it's missing some. I don't know. I don't want to say like heart of story, but there is something that doesn't quite land. But it is super gorgeous, uh, and the team working together is fun. And there's a couple sweet moments. Like it's it's if three is average, this is well above average, right? So uh, you know, four is super gorgeous. Awesome. All right, well, Georgie, want to take us into Marauders? Yeah, Marauders 23, uh, writer Jerry Duggan, artist Ivan Fiorelli, colors by Rain Barreto, letters VCs Corey Pettit, mm-hmm. uh, designed by Tom Muller, and cover art by uh, Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson. And we've got sort of our new Marauders team attacking unknown things sort of off-panel. <laughs> um, right. While like digital Marauders logos fly in the background, it's it's tilted in a, like a forty five degree angle. Uh-huh. It, it's Russell uh, Darterman and um, and Wilson, so you know it's 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 pretty. Uh, I I do think the angle of this really is what makes the cover. What do you, what do you guys think? I agree. Yeah, I love the the background. I like kind of the different, almost like video game scroll of the logo mm-hmm. in the back. It looks really great. And then Banshee kind of, even though he's like furthest in the back, he's kind of separated from the image. He's the only one who's on the green. I mm-hmm. think he looks really great. And then, you know, Tempo and and Bishop, you know, flanking Kate also. I, yeah, I think it's a really beautiful cover. Color-wise and, and art-wise, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, it's great. All right. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Dan. Um, so uh, as synopsis go, uh, Emma wakes up with a hangover from her party, uh, both from drinks and from death. Uh, she uh, is reminded that uh, the, the medicine is running low, and we cut to uh, Banshee, who has been asked by uh, like Interpol to investigate some something happening, and he runs into, and I always forget where these guys are called. The, the Reavers? Yep, the Reavers. Um, but before that, um, Banshee arrives at a warehouse. The medicine is, is being held where two rival gangs are trying to steal it, and, and uh, Banshee reaches out to Emma for some help. And I do love seeing them interact again. Like, when he reaches out to her, she's, like, very... You can tell that she's like happy to hear from him, uh, and you know, as people who read Generation X, uh, I really appreciated that. Um, so Banshee fights these people until the Marauders show up. Only it's a slightly different team because Tempo is on there, and uh, the the uh, you know I'm I'm terrible with names. The guy Jumbo who designs Carnation. all the clothes. What was that? Yeah, Jum- Jumbo Carnation. Yes, Jumbo Carnation shows up, and they they beat these people up. Uh, there's a bomb which Tempo uses to slow down so they can help everyone escape. Uh, and then Kate uh, goes back to save Tempo before she is killed. And she's like, you should join the team. She's like, all right, maybe I will. Uh, meanwhile, um, the Cuckoos are helping someone escape from the Verendi Corporation. Uh, she, 
this girl either kills her father or her father jumps out the window from suicide. It's not really certain. I, I could see either way. Um, and she escapes. For the end, I, I know I kind of blew through everything. Um, <laughs> you know, this for me, this was a, a fun issue. If, you know, also getting a lot of action stuff. I think what I, I'd really love to hear from you guys is what is your take on the new art team? And yeah. do you like sort of the formation of like the the new sort of marauders? Dan, you want to go first? Or you want me to? <clears throat> I'll go. Um, why not? I like the fact it's kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, I think it's quite bright sure. and lively. Um, weirdly enough, I know this. Is, I know it doesn't look like it, but the design of the the girl. Um, leaving, she kind of reminds me of like Bacalo Jubilee for some reason, um, with the, the the torn jeans and that. I don't 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 ask me why. But um, I quite enjoy like the 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 way it looks and it's quite. I can see that. Um, I kind of really, I'm happy that this team is gonna like sort of move forward. Obviously, bishops in the background somewhere and. Sitchpath and, and hopefully Iceman and um, Pyro still exist as part of the. But I like this new sort of formation. Like, if you're going to lose Storm, you might as well fill the ranks with loads of people because she is a massive void. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm 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 down. I think it's really well uh, written and really fun. And as a massive fan of Gen X, I'm happy to see Emma and Sean actually do stuff together, um, as opposed to just ignore each other for ever. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I think the art is fine. Um, I didn't, I don't know. It didn't maybe pop to me as much as I think you guys. And I'm going to read a couple of notes from Grant. I think he really liked the art as well. Um, to me, it kind of, you know, so in vogue for the last few years has been kind of a nostalgia for like some throwback art to like 90s, right? Like people kind of having some 90s influence in the art. Mm-hmm. This to me has a very... There's a, there's a specific kind of memory of this style, but this is a much better version. All right, so like early 2000s, right? Um, guys like Randy Green or Roger Cruz. This is like a less TNA, so it's a classier version. Right. Have, but but some some of the same kind of um, stylings, and I, I think particularly looking at there's the panel where. Sean calls Emma and she's holding her chin and kind of the facial design there. And mm-hmm. then when they arrive, right, and just Emma's pose and and she looks great, but you know, with the super long legs and kind of the stylish short shorts and the boots and I think it's it's a much it's more of a classy, just she's gorgeous than than she's a a sex bot, but but the the styling does remind me though of kind of some of that early like like Tomb Raider or some of that art um, back from like the early 2000s. So or maybe even some cross gen influence. I don't, I don't know if I'm making sense or if anyone thinks I'm just crazy, but it just kind of has that feel to me, but just a better version of it. Like it's a more you know kind of a you know Dan mentioned Saturday morning kind of a more family friendly version sure. <laughs> of of some of those kind of styles and proportions and posings and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, overall, I know it's fine. I'm, I think I'm going to miss Lolly, but this is not a bad change. Um, and then the story I thought was fun. 
I, um, I don't know if there's a whole lot. It's pretty breezy. I, I, Duke is yeah. going through his breezy phase right now, which is fine. <laughs> um, and was, I mean, it was definitely like fun. There was lots of good fighting. It was fun to see. I mean, as far as the team change, I'm excited to see Banshee back. I always love when Banshee's active and doing stuff. Um, I'm interested to see if White like, Jumbo and Tempo are part of the team or if they're just part of this issue. Um, I would love to get some more like character design not design but um just exploration of jumbo besides him just being oh i design clothes or i have right. a cook or whatever like what else can he do what else is he about like i think that's there's some good opportunity there and you know tempo i think is in a lot of ways still untapped potential and a character that in the right hands could be really great and so I, yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot of promise here, and it was a fun book. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if I have a whole lot more to say than that. But no, I, I would agree with you. Oh, go ahead. Do you think temper because of temper being here? Do you think Duggan was the one who put temper forward as someone to be voted for? Because he snapped up straight away after that, after that vote. It's like <laughs> it's in my book now. Um, so right. Well, it's interesting that he writes both books. I mean, when we when we see him kind of build her up in Marauders and then move her to X Men in a year, I don't know. Okay, but yeah. I, I agree. It does feel like uh, you know a, a Saturday morning cartoon, but also like a more f- the way Jason put it, family friendly sort of sexy stuff. I I think it's I think it's great that um, uh, Emma's like kick ass outfit is like short shorts and like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like a nice top. Like it totally yeah. makes sense to me. And it was like something she would wear, right? Yeah, no, it, it. I think it was a great style choice. I also love um, the designer after the fight. She's like, Emma says, "We got to do some stuff." He's like, "I got to change first. I thought that was a nice <laughs> little moment. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it was fun. It was just another. You know, I read X Men and then I read this. It's like action and then more action. It's just a lot of <laughs> punching and fighting and stuff. And as much well, as I love seeing. Sean You're back in, in, We're about to slow down. <laughs> uh, um, but I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned Lolly, and we all loved his work, but he was only on the book like fifty percent of the time, anyway. Right. So, right. Um, you know, I'd kind of like to see Fiorelli uh, be like the main. Like, if he could be on, you know, eighty, ninety percent of the book, I think that would be great for consistency. And you know, he's got a, a unique style. You're not seeing yeah. this a lot in other books, so I'd like to see him do some more. Also, it kind of, like, to echo um, the idea, it looks sort of like the early 2000s. It reminds me of the um, Academy X books, the way they looked. Yes, um, yes, mm-hmm. and I think Green also did some of those. Um, yeah, I think you're right so. there. And I generally think that this, in in the current um, glut of X books that we have, I think it's nice to have like um, Marauders have a distinct visual turn now that we've sure. had like the the next phase of whatever, however many phases of Coco we're going to have. <laughs> um, but no, I I think um, to, to, to I read this book after X Men as well, and I preferred this to X Men because this has more like character depth. Um, and I'm a sucker for Banshee and Emma talking, so that that's my bias just on display. Um, if <laughs> wanna, um yeah, cool. All right, what do you guys want to vote on this? I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. go 
Oh. I think we're going to flip, flip places. So y'all, I'm, I'm expecting y'all to move up. So what are y'all going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go crazy. Oh, wow. And go, and go five. Um, oh. It's not that crazy. <laughs> That's not crazy. No, I was expecting <laughs> to be like, like six. Seven. Six this is, seven yeah. out of six. <laughs> it's semi-crazy for me because I feel like on, on if I read in trade later, I'll be like, oh, this was a nice issue. What did I review? And I'll be like, five. And I'll be like, I'll probably side-eye myself going five, really. So, <laughs> <laughs> at this moment in time, I feel like it's a five. Um, so there you go. Uh, you know, I'm 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 kind of sticking with the four here. Like I can't I can't. Uh, it's it may just be the overload of of fight scenes. Um, like I I like the sort of new new rebrand we have here, and I like the art, and it was fun. But um, I know it didn't really. Uh, I'll just say it was a good start. Yeah, I I'm gonna go four as well. I think I i like the art but i'm still warming up to it a little bit i don't know if i'm like in love with it yet so i'm gonna go four out of six as well and then uh grant had a note um he said and guys go listen to grant on his truth justice and hope superman podcast i'm always worried i'm gonna put those adjectives in the wrong order but i think i got it right (laughs) um but yeah great great podcast it's only a few episodes in but it's fantastic um but anyway, uh, Grant had said this issue was a lot of fun. He thinks uh, Fiorelli's art style works well with Dugan's sense of humor, and he likes Banshee's return to the 70s butterfly collar and mutton chops, which I agree, as well as Emma's casual shorts and top look. Um, he said the only thing that maybe knocked him down is he didn't understand the romance novel excerpt at the end, which was kind of just a random mm. page. And he gave it five out of six lobsters. Which nice. he, was trying, he was trying to do claws, which, but it made me think of the hot claws, which I try not to think about. So. Well, yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? That has been totally uh, reckoned. Ignored. In. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, like, Grant, for sending the notes. I, yeah. Um, talk talk about the the romance novel. I do like the fact it's Pyro, I believe, that's writing random romance novels. Um, oh. Isn't it like, Alder, isn't that his surname? Um. So, oh yes, I think it is. You're right. I forgot about that. Okay, I forgot his name is Saint John. <laughs> okay, so Pyro's writing romance novels. All right. I kind of I really like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. That makes the answer make more sense to me. I really just completely missed that. That's what the connection was. So, thank you, Dan, for helping me enjoy that more. <laughs> No problem. I can't help you enjoy the rest of the books we're about to read, though. So. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, why don't you take us into Way of X number five? Um, aptly titled The Fall. Um, Way of X is number five, is written by Cy Spurrier, uh, art by Bob Quinn. Um, color art by, or color rift, is um, Java Tartaglia. Uh, VC's Clayton Cowles is on there, Tom Mueller Design. And Giuseppe Camacoli and Martin Gracia are on the cover. And the cover is Nightcrawler being dragged into Onslaught's next event very unhappily. (laughs) (laughs) And to be fair, I actually, um, as covers go, I don't mind. (laughs) I don't mind it. But you just have this feeling of Nightcrawler like, please, no, no more. No more 90s. No, it it Uh, does feel like uh, apt. Like, yep, 
we're this is happening and we're dragging you into it. Be prepared. So how do you guys feel about the cover anyway? No, I agree. I like it more yeah. than maybe I, I would normally with for an onslaught cover, it's pretty great. <laughs> that was a sinister slot. Yeah, it was. <laughs> for, for an onslaught cover, it was. It went great... off like a little bit and got the like nice cavernous, like, oh, I am in the dungeon. <laughs> I pulled away from the mic a little bit, yeah. I, uh, but that's that's kind of how I feel about this issue. So we'll, we'll oh, get into okay. it. Yeah, let's get into it. So Dan, right. what happens? Yeah, Xavier wakes up uh, in his gooey egg form, um, or out of his gooey egg, um, with a bit of a headache after being killed by his own, well, no, killed by his son's bodyguards. Um, all the kids, after the traumatic experience, decide they want a ball, um, which they're going to call the Crucible, after all their eyes go red ominously. Um, Daddy, Daddy Xavier goes to meet uh, Legion to talk to him, and like any good son, he ignores him completely. While, t- while concentrating on something else, while um, see, I'm last time we see Legion, he was building like a a safe space on Mars. This time he he's gonna of, build a temple. Yeah, yeah. This time he sort of found he's 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 poking around and finding that there was a hole that Onslaught's probably gonna use to get through. Um, and he's trying to tell Kurt, but meanwhile Kurt is randomly breaking up a fight between Fabian Cortez and uh, Lost. And here we have Kurt decree to us all that um, respect the sacred land is not a piece of dirt, but actually the mutant kind itself, and we should respect it. And he, he gets through to them, only for them to instantly be turned um, by Onslaught, while Lost is trying to tell them some sort of, I was experimented on by people, and boom, Onslaught's there going, no seek, like, you know, don't don't say the big truth that's obviously going to be really in important which means that i'm not really real and it was some weird wacky humans fault later maybe um that's most of the book until uh fabian makes lost's powers go berserk which pulls a moon phobos um oh is that... i didn't even catch it that's why it was falling i thought it was just like a random oh by the way the moon's falling down okay yeah, uh... That so, totally makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, we have some interesting moments with Nightcrawler saying that he's going to basically judge everyone, which feels like what Nightcrawler, when he's got his, when he's popping his collar, uh, does anyway. Anyone right. read Joe, Joe Kelly's uh, X-Men? Nightcrawler judged a lot of people then. <laughs> Existing. Um, and so to solve the problem of the giant fallen moon, uh, Sword and Storm and any other numerous omega level mutants just watch on in horror as nightcrawler's like fabian boost me i'll do something uh nightcrawler teleports the moon back into orbit uh leaving himself almost a cinder uh considering himself the spark or the moment um which is the big revelation of him moving forward and he's finding the way because you know we can't for cyspiria is really clever but he is hitting me with some like horrifically obvious wording here throughout mm-hmm. <laughs> um we must it feels like that moment where you have to put the title of the book in in there somewhere like the way i found the way i won't i won't, I won't describe what the way is quick say the name of the movie so we can put it in the trailer yep and then he wakes up and uh after dying he's a bit upset he thinks he commits suicide but he's instantly like lost like oh no no you did it to save millions of people it's fine 
And um, Charles is like, yeah, yeah, this is the world's great. Let's go look at everyone. Look at how happy everyone is. Apart from Fabian, who's in a com- coma now. Um, um, you know, we won't kill him to resurrect him because, you know, or euthanize him, sorry, to resurrect him because that would be helpful. No, no, I'm clearly taken over by a weird holographic onslaught, which is on my shoulders like everyone else's, apart from Kat, who is fine. Right. That's, that's, that's it, I believe. There's a lot more, like, it is... It's dense. It's like you've made a really nice cake and you cut into it, but the sort of the, the, the knife sort of stops halfway through because you hit mm. eggshells. Mm. Kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> the, the um, so, um, Cla- classic eggshell cake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just to throw out my thought, um, I really enjoyed the bits with Nightcrawler while he's when he's talking about like. Like the concept of Krakoa and what it should be, and that whole sequence where he's talking about it, be even though it's a bit heavy-handed, where he's talking about like we are the sacred land, we sh- you shall respect the laws, or I will judge you. Where he's like takes the role of like I don't know uh, divine keeper of the land or whatever you want to call it. Um, I enjoyed that concept. I also enjoy seeing Kurt have his powers stretched to the absolute limit and do something ridiculous and godlike by teleporting a moon mm-hmm. with the help of Fabian. However, Onslaught just is it's Onslaught's such a souring note as like yeah. concept that it kind of like it feels like he's doing a shadow he's pulling a shadow king, right? Like that's what's happening in New Mutants where he's slowly around the edges corrupting stuff. That's if. Sh- the thing is, uh, you don't, need, in that you don't book, need them both. Yeah, in that book, um, Vita does a much better job of making it feel like it's a um, small, slow corruption. Mm-hmm. Right. This is like, oh, it's sort of in our universe. I know. I'll nuke. I'll nuke the only bar on Krakoa, and the next issue, everyone's corrupted already. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I don't know. It just feels like. Because, like, the concept of, of the resurrection protocols being um, infected uh, by something is, is, is good sci-fi, like, good sci-fi right. and, a, and a good idea. Who it's infecting and how it's coming across is bad. It's just <laughs> a bad... Deliv- it's, 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 I, I, really like this, I really like this book, but I sort of stand to feel like it needs to get over Legion and Onslaught to, like, maybe... Mm. Salvage itself. Anyway, I've talked forever. You two tell me how wonderful well, or horrible it is. So, I will say, I'm, I'm still on the side of not being super excited about Onslaught being involved. I did appreciate that if you're going to use him saying he's getting his power from, like, the moments of a person's life between the backup and the resurrection, so basically the stuff that disappears mm-hmm. when you're yeah. resurrected, I sure. thought was a, is a cool concept. I don't know if it's enough. I guess it really depends on how they decide to quote unquote defeat him in the special on whether it's a good payoff or not. But I think it's an interesting idea. It's a concept that I think could be told pretty well. I would almost rather have not been onslaught. I just so, uh, give me a new character, maybe. <laughs> That's like feeding on like the psychic residue of this like lost life. Because I think there's something really 
there's a the germ of a really good idea there of like well what happens to the memories or the experience that people don't give back when they're when they're resurrected right like does it not we know oh yes it's for gotten and now they can't tell you what happened and that that's a plot point but if you make it more than a plot point and make it like this undercurrent of the tapestry of Krakoa I think you could do something really cool with that I don't know if I have faith that's going to happen in this series mm. but but I do I do think there's like a a and, almost different kind of storytelling you could do with that almost like like a horror sure. or you know I don't know but I mean, if that became an amalgam of like the other characters in in a way, like a, a foe for Legion to fight that way, it would be a little bit more palatable. I, I right. do think having it be onslaught is like, it's like uh, uh, if you play baseball, like at bat and you're starting with two strikes. You know, it's just like <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. It's uh, you're digging a deep hole for yourself, and and I I don't feel like the book is climbing out of it that well. I, li- I like this. Con- I like what you just said, Georgie. I think um, that is a fantastic idea. The concept of the 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 little pieces that disappear, forged to make like an anti legion. Um, right. Oh man, that's a good story. Why aren't we writing this book? <laughs> <laughs> I really like the, the idea that it ties into the idea that you know the, the idea that when you die, you kind of like lose weight, or like, like like there's that concept that the body loses so much grams because it's sort of a representation right. of the. Right, like the Will Smith movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, like conceptually, it's got all these really. I think we're in agreement that conceptually, it's good, but sure. executionally and who they use is like the wrong way. Also, this is the wrong. I'm now on the side of Georgie. This is the wrong book to have this storyline in it, um, because this book isn't supposed to be about Legion. Like fighting on sl- fighting his daddy issues, literally. Um, right. <laughs> it was always it was it was supposed. That's why I find what Nightcrawler says the most interesting part of this book. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's literally trying to change heart and hearts and minds with the concept of like forging this new belief system, and that is infinitely more interesting to me than being evil Xavier and Magneto turn up again and make everyone slightly angry you know right. <laughs> yeah. i don't know yeah what do you guys think of the artwork it's growing on me quite a bit i think i think quinn you know i started off thinking it was kind of okay and it's gotten a little better every issue i think this is a pretty pretty solid output for the most part I, I really enjoy it. Um, I actually, I specifically enjoy um, Burnt Nightcrawler on the moon. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. There's really beautiful uh, panel layouts. I think he can, his face is a really nicely emotive. And yes. really conveys a lot of the sense. I don't know if he, he if, if the art team always conquers the, the action, like Nightcrawler, like bursting with power is kind of like a, I suppose we're talking about 90s throwbacks, but kind of like an old school sort of, silly energy panel where all the energies like weird energy lines as opposed to like i don't know something else other than that i think it looks quite nice yeah yeah Yeah, i guess the only other thing we kind of need to mention is that um you know nightcrawler had had told fabian i'm i i haven't been back i had this thought 
right? And then when I get resurrected, you tell me what I told you. Nightcrawler dies, gets resurrected, and Fabian's in a coma and can't tell him Jack. <laughs> so, right. We'll, we'll see what that kind of ends up doing, if anything. Um, I don't know, I'm really... I think a lot of this book for me is also a little bit overshadowed by kind of transitioning to this giant onslaught special and not really knowing what's after that. And I'm just kind of like, mm. there's a little bit of a shadow over the book for me, unfortunately. Yeah. But. I feel like we were, we were given a cast of characters and we haven't really seen anything of them apart from Legion and, and, and Kurt. Like I, I like that they've brought in like a new character uh, and and Fabian, but the, like Pixie and the young younger mutants in the first issue felt like right. they were gonna be right. more of a book. Um, but they've clearly not. But then I suppose you could argue that with Sword, where like Blink and that are supposed to be in the book and they're literally not. Right. I feel like that's that's <laughs> that book is really going with the concept of what it's doing. You know, where this felt like, yeah, it's the. Mutant religion book, and no, wait, it's the Legion book, and it's very disappointing yeah. for it. It doesn't be like, feel, yeah, sword doesn't feel as bait and switchy. No. Okay, well, um, that said, I enjoyed the art enough, and I think there is enough for me to hang on to. I'm probably still going to go four out of six. I don't know what you guys. See, I don't. I really enjoyed the art, and I like. Um, hearing, I like uh, Sperry's cat a lot, so I'm going to give it three. Okay. I'm also going to go George. three. Like, okay. I, I think Onslaught really just drags this book down so much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then you know, also because it's two conflicting uh, concepts with with um, the way of X and then with Legion. I just feel like uh, it feels a little bit like squandered potential. Yeah, no, that's fair. I could probably be talked down two or three if we had another couple and we spent another couple of minutes on it. So um instead of doing that, let's go into uh oh never mind. Um <laughs> no no spoilers on my rating. Uh trial of Magneto number one. Um I don't think we're gonna have to do any talking down to an you. An oversized Jake. book. Um from parties to funerals, dial M for Wanda. Oh, Lee Williams is the writer. Lucas Vernick is the artist. Edgar Delgado does the colors. BC's Clayton Cowles does the letters. Design Tom Mueller, uh, Valerio Schiti, and Marcio Minez do the cover. That one has Magneto and something I forgot because I actually uh, picked up the Elizabeth Torque cover which is a close-up of scarlet witch and is gorgeous yes yes that cover should have been the front cover of the book this one yeah. that's not uh, this one's not so nice like, yeah i don't not like this it's like dead sex spot uh with <laughs> Magneto reaching out to her it's yeah it's weird but it's like why has a piece of his cape over one eye i don't like, yeah. it makes, like weird choice and he's got like weird cyclops mg eyes i don't know i don't like it i don't like it so I have, I have two synopses here. The first one is, well, at least it's better than X Factor. <laughs> and then the second one is a lot of details, and I'll run through them real fast. So um, Krakoa CSI, including all the Wolverines, uh, determines that Wanda was bound, spellless, and strangulated with metal. Oh, and there's a white cape. <laughs> 
Uh, on the Quiet Council, Magneto argues to resurrect Wanda for the security of Krakoa. In other words, we don't want people to know that she's dead, so let's resurrect her and scoot her back out to the world. Um, but he's voted down. So he doesn't like getting voted down. So he decides to try to crush Xavier with that big metal bobblehead he wears until Kate and Nightcrawler intervene. Magneto storms off, runs past the Ding Dong, the Scarlet Witch's dead party, and is accosted by the investigative team. But he will not go in for questioning. Meanwhile, in the boneyard, Wanda's body turns into plants, maybe? I'm not really entirely sure what we saw there. Um, at the Krakoan Gate in Manhattan, Xavier greets the Avengers with the bad news. And there better be more than that and the other issues because there's no way that Cap just says, Oh, sure, you guys handle that. No way way at all. Um, Anyway, back on Krakoa, the Wolverines attack Magneto, but of course, like in Fatal Attractions, which we discovered, uh, he floats them around. Doesn't doesn't strip the adamantium, luckily, this time. Um, But luckily for for the Wolverines, they were just a distraction, and Dawkins, no longer having the Miramis and Blade Claws, which I always forget that that, those were replaced, uh, stabs Magneto in the back. But metal is everywhere, don't you know? So Magneto is able to magnetize all kinds of stuff and gets away to be confronted by Polaris and Quicksilver, who speed punches him quite severely. Uh, North Star calms Quicksilver down, gives him a hug, and Pietro goes to the Green Lagoon to mourn Wanda with other original Brotherhood members. Then, in the best-looking pages of the book, Wanda remembers dying, but is also aware she's not dead, but she doesn't know where she is. Mm-hmm. So where do we think she is? Any thoughts on that? Yes, let's, let's, get, let's get some theories out of the way, then we'll talk about quality. <laughs> can, I just, can I just say, when you said that all out loud, it's like that moment where I was like, that actually happened. Like I read that? Like, um, <laughs> like like when you said about like Manhattan Gate, I was like, the man, the Avengers are in this. Yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten so many, so much. Um, I don't know. She's in the MCU. Um, uh, <laughs> she's getting, she's getting Kevin, Kevin Feige is, Kevin Feige is going to turn up uh, in the next issue and tell her that her story is really good, and um, then she's resurrected, and she looks a little bit more like the actress that I forgot her name that plays her. Elizabeth Olsen? Elizabeth, is, yes. that, is that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, do you know what, right? I will give this entire event five stars if this is a, a convoluted, over the top, bullshitty way just to make her a mutant, a mutant again. I will, I will gladly <laughs> applaud, applaud this entire run of like, is it six issues or five issues? If it's just like, we've done five issues of spinning our wheels and it's just so we can say she's a mutant um, at the end. But, um, I don't know where she is. Do I care where she is? No. So, um, what about you guys? Do you, are you are you are you? Look, really I don't. Inter- I have no idea. I don't. It didn't really elicit any sort of like. Oh, I wonder what's happening. Uh, what what I think is uh, oh, wait, sort of she's a shame. In American Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. Is yes, she's in what's his name's Evil Dream. As he's <laughs> where he should be in prison right now. Um, right. um. The disappointing thing, you're like, all right, do we want her to be a mutant? Yes, like that 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 retcon with her and Quicksilver was dumb, just so we could have like a a C level Avengers movie. Like it didn't make any sense to me. But um, 
Uh, what what would be in- disappointing if they do make her a mutant is that like she's just starting to address like the problems she she caused, uh, and there's way more storytelling and growth for her to have that way. Right. And then for if it's the like oh well now she's a mutant, like is this all going to be forgiven then? Like I it makes it feels like them them washing over what could be a lot of interesting storytelling and, and character growth, and that would be really sort of sad for me in terms of lost potential. So, in giant size X-Men, or planet size X-Men, uh, the seeds were sown that Georgie just mentioned. The seeds were sown that she was going to... They felt like she was addressing... Her, finally, someone's addressing the fact that she's very problematic and killed millions of people on M-Day. Right. <laughs> and she's done quite a lot of bad things. And... um she was being embraced by her father so we we're supposed to be like is it really magnia that killed her i think um i agree with georgie i think a redemptive arc exploring like uh, the the problems with her powers and what she's done is 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 probably what is needed if she's gonna just like turn up and pop up out of an egg i'll give you and be like mute now but do we uh, think and- that redemptive arc is in the right hands I can't. I don't Will that arc common. be in this? I, I doubt it'd be in the trial, would it? Oh no! I hope. Isn't not. that where? She, I mean, oh. isn't that where she is? Redemption land right now. Oh man. <laughs> so like, like I she's don't gonna wanna... go through some like psychic journey, right? And then come out of that on the other side with oh, I really did. Mm-hmm. If if you want to believe um, an interview with Leah Williams, she's probably not written this. Uh, someone else did. Um, <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> I mean, she wrote it if it's, you know, if everyone loves it. But, like, there are parts you didn't like that that, that was somebody else. Uh, um, I've, I've not listened to that interview yet, so I will I will refrain from it. But, yeah, it, 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 it seems like a weird thing. But right. I'll, I'll, I'll start us off with some positives, though. Um, so um, the beginning of the book, where they're doing their um, crime scenes X-Men style, um was the best X Factor written X Factor? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, it's been since issue one of X Factor. Um, the yep. really, I really enjoyed it. I think, I think the characters came off really well. I think the drawing really well. I really like uh, the weird sort of energy that's around um, Rachel's head at the, in mm-hmm. the first couple of pages when she's doing her psychic reading. I think it's really fun seeing all of the Wolverines sniff. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought it was kind of like there was like cutesy nice build up um and i i I, th- I think for the most part until we get to the quiet council i am on board with this book I, it's a little wordy but i like i enjoyed all the different like i like i think iboy was fun and i think iboy and prodigy were working well together like as characters bouncing off um and i like the fact that even though they didn't then you know they're not necessarily um like williams has never really written uh, Sage and Beast and such forth. I think she had a, a nice like sort of back and forth with Sage and Beast, being all like, "Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should," you know, because like X Force standing on X Factor's toes and all that. I thought there was a lot of fun to be had there. And going forward, if we like concentrate on those dynamics, um, if we had con- if we had concentrated, sorry, maybe on those dynamics of the investigation, yeah. um, I think it would have been a really interesting, uh, fun first issue. And I really and like that someone Polaris cosplaying as Magneto shows up and things get turned around. I liked. <laughs> we're not doing negativity just yet. Um, um, 
I like that Polaris is like, let me go, let me have me, give me five minutes. I'll, right. you know, let me have a start and talk. She doesn't talk to him because that's not allowed um, in this book, apparently. But I like the idea that she was going to talk to him um, in a way like an actual talk. But she, like, like um, Josh, says, she meets um, some random old dude that's gone, gone mental and crazy and really angry for no reason and wearing her dad's clothes. And she's like, who the hell are you? Well, she's in, she should have, but. Doesn't say that. I feel like everyone should be like, "Why are you so angry, man? You are like the right. chillest dude. <laughs> You've been like the you you are the cat that you know you're the cat that has uh, has the cream, has the fucking blanket, has the has the scratch, but you have everything you've ever wanted from mutant kind. Yet this one thing, and I know you kind of like her because she's your daughter, but um, mm, I don't know. I feel that's really extreme to like murder your boyfriend. I mean, best friend. Um, in right. Council. Right. And straight away, like it did, and also was so strange. Everyone was like, "Well, uh, uh, metal and something white." So obviously it was Magneto. Uh, we don't need to have a trial. We're just gonna go attack him. It felt like so out of character for a lot of the other uh, X Men as well, especially since Magneto's been like, like the big father figure for you know with Krakoa since it started. Like it's it's, it's him and Charles's baby really, and right. for him to be like leading people and inspiring. And, and being sort of a calming force in the council a lot. Like, this yeah. was like, uh, well, I guess we're all just going to lose our minds. Right. Up in here, up in here. And that <laughs> doesn't feel like the proper response would have been for Magneto to have said, you know what? I'm innocent, but this is a great example for us to show how Krakoan justice works. We set up this new society. I've been a strong advocate for... You know, having an all government and mutants governing our own. You know, we took Sabretooth back from the humans, and you know, and to me, it's almost like, on from his perspective, to say, yeah, maybe the trial is a farce, but let's go through with it. Let me prove my innocence, and you know, this will be a, a shining moment for the way we govern ourselves on Krakoa. And I know, yes, there's the. Nothing's the same when it's your family when you're more emotional, but this just it's just it's like amplified by a thousand. Like you almost right. expect for, for the next issue to say, Oh, there was a little evil like like Shadow King was influencing Magneto to be so emotionally unhinged, right? Because it just it's, I don't know. Not to cut not to cut you off, because Inferno is about Mystique bending it all down, right? Right. So I was trying to like solve really hard like really give it the benefit of the doubt and think, okay, Mystique helps vote it down. Mystique's thrown out some, like, you know, thrown out some shade, thrown out some bitchy comments here and there in this, like, sort of quiet council. She just, I know, she's, like, goading, goading him a little bit, but it's still not enough for him to be like, I'm going to murder Xavier in front of the <laughs> Right, right. Because <laughs> he's about to. <laughs> to me, that, right, him getting confronted by uh, X-Factor uh, and then going off on one, is nowhere near as bad as him literally trying to kill the the the, the pseudo boyfriend man that he's made this entire island with over just right. a disagreement. Right. That just seems so. Right. If, if you read Hawks and Pops and everything that has happened up until this issue, that does not seem like the Magneto that has been written for like two years. That does not feel like him. Him right. going, yeah, I'm innocent. Here's a bunch of metal in your face, North Star. Feels a little bit like. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> him, like, I'm going to crush this dude's head. I hope you have a good And also, it's really badly paced because you have this like sort of attempted murder, and then I'm going to kill everyone old school X Men villain style, 
And then it cuts to this really tender moment with Tommy and uh-huh. Prodigy. And like his, his mum's now turned into a vine monster. Because is everyone in Krakoa who's writing Krakoa loves like vine creatures now? Like, yeah. do we have like every book has to have one weird plant based thing happening? But yeah, there's like this really tender moment there. Yeah. And he misses his brother, which is a great thing yeah. for him to be thinking about. Like, that, yeah. that's actually a pretty good page, other than. I don't understand what happened, but the yes. the dialogue between the two characters is probably one of the better pages of the book. Exactly, and then and then uh, being reminded of the Avengers in it, then it moves to the Avengers and, and Vision uh, responding to the fact that the 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 gate has sprouted flowers. The uh, Wanda's favorite. That's why he knows that something has gone wrong. Like these two really interesting sort of like mournful moments interspersed, <laughs> interspersed with like. Him getting stabbed in the back and such stuff, and that kind of like I don't want to go on about that horrible X Factor issue, but uh, she tries. She she has a writer. She's tried to justify the editing of that issue and the way it's edited on other people's fault. But the same problem with her with her um, story structure happens again here, and has happened in her other books where it's like cutting between different actions is a is a viable choice, but it seems very out of place to be like. Murder city. Oh, that's all that. That's all mourn. Murder city, and then it's kind of like it just seems a bit. I don't know. It, it doesn't read very well, especially with right. the beginning being quite um, uh, cerebral, and 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 like sort of lulling yeah. you into this. The book is going to be a cerebral, but and then the end is philosophical. But the you middle wouldn't be surprised pro- if someone told you like a couple of writers worked on this book. Like some people want to work on this part, and some people want to work on this part. Because it feels oh, almost like different. Age of X Men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels it feels um, Scarlet Witch. I feel the question of Scarlet Witch in Krakoa was Hickman's idea when he seeded it in the um, Plant People crossover mm-hmm. with right. Dini Harris issue, him and Dini Harris issue, and then he seeded it in normal X Men with her being the Great Pretender. This is obviously a book that's designed to sort of like close that storyline. Um, so I don't doubt that the whole X team, Williams, are leading on like his plan for what's supposed to happen with Wanda here. And it just seems it's you're right, Jodie. It feels like it's written by different people. And Magneto does not. It's not Magneto. Like it's called the Trial of Magneto, but it's. It's it's the trial of his clothes because it's it, it, the character is completely different and we have like legitimate um, criticisms of his of his of him being a parent being thrown at him by Polaris um, mm-hmm. and these legitimate criticisms could have been handled without him being sliced apart or stabbed or um, like this could have been the you know when Polaris like I'll go see Tot Tot. This could have been tot. part of the trial. This could have been like character witness to why Magneto shouldn't be trusted. And you get Polaris on the on the stand. She's talking about their upbringing or you know all the the terrible things she did to him. And you, you bring up uh, Quicksilver and talk about you bring up the the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants to talk about the things he did in the past. Like that would have been super interesting. Because yeah, like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants coming together at the end, that was lovely. That was another lovely. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, with beautiful ideas, but it's just got this action sequence in the middle, and 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 Magneto doesn't sound right, and it kind of blurs the rest of it. It sort of muddies the rest of the book for me, and I think it muddies 
like the narrative flow of the book as well. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted Clarissa to literally stand with her father and have a talk like they did in X Men number one or two, right? Where they talked future of you know of of Krakoa and how both of them fit in with Krakoa. So I thought that I thought we were gonna have like this really nice conversation. Um, I'm happy that they're trying to address like how rubbish she is a, as a dad. Um, but it feels really like out of place while she's like manipulating his magnet- magnetism and having a massive fight with him. She's like crying through tears uh, while attacking him and also attacking him like verbally. And him him to say like she's like doesn't he say like she's useless or she's always been broken or something? Yeah. It doesn't feel like the father-daughter relationship that's been built up. But it feels like everything's just been thrown in a bin. I don't know. I, I'm just going to stop. So, and yeah, it frustrates me. How about you, Jason? I think we really, we we took over the conversation. No, no, you're fine. I mean, mostly the same. Uh, I think one of, <laughs> one of my comments I w- was writing was that Williams really loves to hear herself right, but there's there's enough yeah. here to kind of there, there's stuff to like and there's stuff to really not like, and it's just kind of a hard a hard book to kind of figure out how you really feel about it at the end of the day because it's just kind of I know we say this a lot on the show and I, I hate that, <laughs> that I don't want to sound like a broken record but it just it kind of it feels like a little bit of a mess um, uh. and I don't know um, I, I, I do think there's some there's some really nice moments and there's some definitely some stuff to hang on to and the story in and of itself is not terrible it's just the Magneto being out of character, I mean, that that knocks it down like a whole claw by itself. Like, whatever I was going to give it, like, <laughs> that's then just, it's, it's too much for me to try to figure out what's going on. And as much as I hate it, I'm going to hate it even worse if there's any kind of excuse for it. Mm. Right? Like, if it, gets, if it gets swept away in any form, any hand-waving at all, I'm going to throw the book in the air and yell at the sky. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. So I guess who who do we after issue one, and we we'll kind of reevaluate this after every issue. Right now, who's your favorite for Who Done It? Um, I'm gonna go with the obvious answer and just assume it was Mystique. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're all on the same page there. Okay. I I don't know if there's any clues to anyone else really. I I I don't think it was Magneto in any way, especially you see that. The white cape, the white hood. I mean, it looks nothing like him. Uh, right. It's like for uh, a superhero investigation team to be like, well, uh, white white clothing and metal, and be like, all right, obviously it was Magneto. Like, there's no, no forensics. You're not doing anything. You're just like, well, uh, uh, we're just going to jump to a conclusion here. I think it 100% makes him a suspect. Sure. This team goes from viable suspect to... I don't know. I, I guess you could argue they weren't really that confrontative. They just asked him to come like talk, and then he was like, no! But, I don't know. Well, to, um, to um, upset you a little bit, Jason, it could be Exodus, and because he's like a, a telepath and a telekinetic, he could have pushed Magneto a little bit um, to go crazy. Oh. Um, there are people help. who are saying it's, it's the evil mutants are coming together to take down Magneto. Okay. All right, well, you know, depending on how it's done, Exodus might be an okay option. 
for Magneto you know, being weird. Because I did just read his introduction, and so I'm kind of back in his roots right now anyway. Mm. And Exodus was the one that was teaching children about Wanda being the false. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. So, he, he okay. him and Mystique. Yeah, him and Mystique together. Okay. That can be an interesting theory, and that might actually work okay. So, all right, so that's our running theory then. Exodus and Mystique, and then Wanda is in magical redemptive arc land. Um, <laughs> we'll see how it all turns out, I guess. Um, what do you think of the art overall? I really like the static images. The moment it starts to go, go to action, I feel like some of it's really uh, doesn't really work. Um, yeah. Some of the screaming and shouting pages aren't, aren't quite Magneto well. is terrible. Yeah, Magneto is not. I think the beginning is a, like as a whole, and yep. the last couple of pages, is it drawn? I didn't double check. Is it drawn by just one person the whole way through? Yeah, it doesn't look like, like those last. The Scarlet Witch scenes at the end are arms and legs above the rest of the issue. Like, they're like, so much better. It's, they have like an Adam esque vibe to them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, the, the color work's different and everything, but yeah. they have beautiful. They're really beautiful pages. Yeah, those are. first couple pages of X Factor are pretty, pretty good as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the like the like the first half. Like I keep saying about this book, the first half works, the last half is okay, like works, and like there's two bits in the middle, but the fight itself is ugly, both metaphorically and physically. Um, yeah. Okay, well, what's that all going to average out for everybody? Well, well, let's think about this really quickly. Sure. Uh, we all, we all agree. This is better than X Factor. So, how bad was X Factor? If we could ramble uh, on this for so forever. We were, well, grade wise, we were pretty consistently. We had some some that went either way, the direction, but we were. If I had to guess, our average for X Factor as a whole was probably like a two. So. I don't know. I don't know. That impacts how you want to grade this book or no, not. No, 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 no. I was just thinking, like. If we thought, uh, I mean, maybe I don't feel the same way after going over it, but like <laughs> I read it initially, I was like, well, yeah. it's better than X Factor, I guess. Right. All right. I think, yeah, I think for me, it all comes out to like just an average three out of six. There's, there's enough that I like, and there's enough pretty pages that I'm just kind of, I'm not, I'm just not sure. I'm trying to balance the stuff I really liked with the stuff I really didn't, and it's. It's hard for me to wash it out together, so mm. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut down the middle of the road with a very non-committal <laughs> uh, three out of six clause. See, I'm on I'm sitting on the fence because I'm trying not to let my um, annoyance at the virus has I'm trying to like divide uh, like sort of div- like separate right um, uh, unfortunately, uh, again, the same sort of narrative uh, problem happened in her, her work. Um, however, I think it starts off really strong. I think the page with Tommy is really good. I think even the vision page and the Brotherhood pages are really, really good. Like they're they're mourning their respective friend, mother. You know, uh, that's all lover. That's all good. Good work. Um, the, the Wanda pages are beautiful to look at. I'm not really that fussed that she's like, I'm not dead, I am dead, I'm not dead, whatever, man. Blah, 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 blah. I don't really <laughs> mind that. Yeah? That's, that's neither... It's just that the fight 
and Magneo is is so detrimentally like detrimentally opposed to the rest of the quality of the book mm-hmm. that it brings it down so much. Like I would have given those elements like a four or even maybe a five. Like just just because I think it handles it really well. But the, I'd give the rest of the the, the, the fight in Magneo, I'd give it like a two. Maybe it was. So I feel like I'm on a, I'm on a three, but I feel that's mm, I feel like I'm on a three, but I could be maybe swayed to a four just purely because I think there's potential there to be an interesting story. Um, obviously the investigation has been thrown out the window like through the right. media. Um, but I feel like there's a if 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 issue two focused more on like the characters that mourn Wanda's passing, and maybe like focus on like a a, a reasonable investigation um i might be more kind to it so i'm probably going to land on a three now um eesh. but she still can't right she, there's, there's a problem with like her ability to cut between like a really poignant tones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. every every tone also which is like whoop turn the swam on the brakes turn the car around yeah. <laughs> i was all right she she loved to hear herself write as much as I love to hear myself talk. So, you may have talked me up a little bit. I, I do want to uh, say, like, you know, you mentioned the bar scene briefly. I thought that was great. A couple good moments. I did think, especially at the beginning, it felt like she had hammered out a little bit better, like different voices for different characters. I yes. felt like, oh, she's actually handling a large group of characters, and I felt like there was growth there. I thought, oh, you know, the start, this, this could be something. And then everything Magneto afterward was just like, uh, very frustrating. Um, I'll I'll give it a three. I like, I feel like it's a two, but you've you've talked me up uh, some <laughs> some of the moments, some of the artwork. I'll, I guess I'll give it a three. Like. Is it better than X Factor? Yeah, but is it? I don't know. It's it's so confusing. I. I it's a hard I'll give, it really was. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a three. Um, I I hope things get things get better moving forward. Um, but um, man, this was an issue. Yeah. Yes. Well, all, all I'll say is for the trial of Snickcast, all three of us were found guilty. Oh. <laughs> guilty of of loving the X Men too much. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if there's anything I'm guilty of, I'm guilty of love. Yeah. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm guilty of wanting the story to be better. That's what I'm right. Going. That's right. That's right. Well, I want you guys talk <laughs> just briefly about Excaliburs. Uh, well, you mentioned we're back reviewing books again. Uh, we had an issue, an episode come out maybe a week, week and a half ago, uh, and we're talking um, the original Peter David X Factor, uh, Gen X, uh, Excalibur, and Exiles. And uh, it was it was a blast to be talking about comics again, Dan, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, y'all y'all sounded felt, energized. It was nice. It felt bizarre and strange, but it was nice not to be like, and this week on Loki, nothing happened. Nice to talk about. And it was a good set of books, to be fair, aside from Excalibur. Excalibur yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I think we're just waiting just for Alan Davis to take yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. Or just do like a but just do like a special episode where you do like seven issues and you're just like, all right, we got thirty minutes, we'll just talk about these real fast. And I'm, then <laughs> we can't 
You know, I don't think we could handle reading that many bad <laughs> just at once. Ryan killed the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Dan has a brain aneurysm right in the middle of the recording. Yeah. But also, uh, so you can find them on Twitter at? Um, at Excalibur's one on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Podbean, much like this podcast, but you do forward slash Excalibur's instead of Snickcast. Yep. And you can just put into Google and we appear everywhere. Like the plague or COVID, <laughs> which oh, only yeah, <laughs> Just to, in case you haven't listened to them yet, their podcast is much better than most of those things. Yeah. You, you can put that on the jacket. Better than COVID. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Well, <laughs> well, for the podcast that goes next, of course, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. Show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. As far as what's coming next, we'll keep doing new books with these guys. And then in the flashback, we will talk about blood ties coming up pretty soon. So, Oh, okay. uh, May or may not be fun because I don't really remember it. So um, (laughs) we'll see. But um, as always, guys, thanks for for coming on. Uh, It was a blast today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so much fun. any, Any closing thoughts? Or advice for um, read, read Nightwing. Yes, just read 100%. Nightwing. Ignore, just read Nightwing. <laughs> the only thing I'm worried about is Fear State because I'm I haven't I'm I'm taking a bat break overall. Like Nightwing is the only bat book I'm reading right now, and I really don't. I hope it doesn't go too far into that crossover. But mm. we'll oh, I hope not. But if you're not reading Nightwing, the only other DC book I'd say is read um, Son of Superman because it's really good. Both written by. <laughs> Tom of course. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> um, uh, and just, I want to do this plug again. Um, you should check out a show called Reservation Dogs uh, about a group of teenagers living on a, a Native American uh, reservation. A uh, show created by Taika Waititi and uh, a Native American guy whose name I can't pronounce or, or remember, but uh, excellent show. So check that out if you're, if you're looking for something uh, different, something you haven't seen before. Is that on FX as well, or just on the FX Hulu platform? It, it may just be Hulu. I don't. I don't know. Okay. But uh, if you have a way to watch it, you should watch it because it's 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 very Taika Waititi, but also um, uh, I don't know. It just felt like a it's, it's a lovely show. Awesome. I'll look for a way to check that out. All right. Well, everyone out there in listener land, please stay safe, stay well. I know, depending on where you are, there's kind of some stuff going backwards a little bit but just everyone be kind to each other take care of your families and yourselves and until next time hugs and snicks bye 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 and snacked <laughs>